Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Wednesday, July 6th, 2016. Broadcasting from the Beantown Athletics Studio in Boston, Beantown Athletics, your only source for customized screen printing and embroidery, beantownathletics.com. Today's show is presented by SeatGeek. SeatGeek has made it easier than ever before to buy and sell sports and concert tickets. What's great about SeatGeek is the price you see is the price you get. Most sites will try to surprise you at checkout with these outrageous fees, but not SeatGeek. So make sure you download the free SeatGeek app right now and get a $20 rebate on tickets by using the promo code PICARD. That's right, as in my last name, PICARD. Now, the Red Sox, they are home. They finish a series with the Texas Rangers tonight. They will have tomorrow off, and then they have a weekend series at home against Tampa Bay before we get to the All-Star break. So if you're looking for Red Sox tickets, I'm telling you right now, the best place to go is the SeatGeek app because not only do you get $20 off by using the promo code PICARD, which again is my last name, but you can also set an alert for any future series or future game Even if it's not these upcoming series, it could be after the All-Star break. Could be two months from now. You set the alert on the SeatGeek app, and SeatGeek will let you know when ticket prices fall. They keep you up to date so you can get the best deal possible. Even better, every ticket is given a grade, and you can use their detailed map to see the exact view from your seat. SeatGeek is always the first place I go to look for tickets to a game or a concert, and it should be the first place you go as well. Seat Geek. So once again, $20 off. Use my promo code. It's my last name. It's a pretty easy concept. Make sure you utilize it. And those Red Sox, those Red Sox, three games out of first place. Toronto has leapfrogged the Red Sox. The Red Sox are in third place. Toronto is in second place. The Blue Jays are two and a half games behind the Orioles. The Orioles remain in first place. Uh, I have been paying attention to the Red Sox. Over the weekend, and even the last couple days with this Texas series, I've been gone. As you know, I did not have a show Thursday and Friday of last week. I did not have a show on July 4th, Monday of this week, and I did not have a show yesterday. I was on WEI on the holiday, 4th of July, at 9 a.m. to 1 o'clock. I was with Rob Bradford. We were live from the Fenway Park studio on WEI, and uh, I'll be on WEI once again tomorrow night, Thursday night, 10 to midnight because the Red Sox have the day and the night off tomorrow. Uh, But I will get into some Red Sox as I sort of return from the holiday. uh, I went to Chicago for a wedding over the weekend. And, uh, you know, then you got Monday's July 4th. It's just here we are now restarting the show here in the middle of the week. And I do have another programming note. I will not be here next week. Next week, I have a little vacation and I'm out. I'm gone. So I'm not here next week. Um, I, I'll be back the following week, and then we there's another vacation and some days off here and there. This is what happens in the summertime, so bear with me, but I'm here. All you need to know is I'm here today, and if, if you're listening to this right now and you can hear this loud noise in the background that sounds like a generator, that's because I have this huge AC right behind me just blasting on me. I tried to do the show today without it. I tried. I really did. I tried to do the show without it. But it's so fucking hot in this studio. I just, I need it. I need the AC. It's like 95 degrees today in Boston. Um, I'm recording this show in the afternoon. The sun's out. I get the shades closed on one side because if I open those shades, I think the equipment would just melt in here. 
But here we are, back from a little July 4th holiday vacation. Hope you had a great one. A lot went down. As for the Red Sox, I just told you where they stand. They had a tough loss last night, David Price. Look, I know that David Price went eight innings, allowed three runs, threw 109 pitches, struck out 10. But, I mean, home run, first pitch of the game, like, come on. I don't want to see that. Like, we're not looking for that. You're getting paid $30 million, all right? We're not looking for a home run, first pitch of the game, right? Not looking for it. Now, I get it that Craig Kimbrell was terrible last night, and he's been terrible for the most part in non-save situations. I still have a tough time crushing him because in safe situations, and that's why you have the guy on the team to be your closer for safe situations, he's been pretty dominant for the most part. He's had some hiccups this season, but still, Kimbrell, uh, I would take him over most guys around Major League Baseball to be my closer. Last night doesn't change that for me. The Red Sox offense also didn't show up to play last night. You got people criticizing the manager still in this town. Here's the way I look at it. It's July 6th. You got a little less than a month before the trade deadline. The Red Sox are in third place. They're only three games out. You got six players in the All-Star game. You could get a seventh. And and I say you could get a seventh because Dustin Pedroia is part of the final vote in. He could get in. We'll see what happens. If he doesn't, you know, it doesn't, it won't bother me at all. But look, the Red Sox need pitching. And I don't care who you. I don't care what you do with the manager's spot, with the manager's situation. The only way this pitching is fixed is if you go out and add something to this rotation. That's the only way. So now it's on Dave Dombrowski. But, you know, the Red Sox, to me, they're not the top story. Not the top story in Boston. Not the top story in the world of sports. And that's why today, as I return from this extended holiday vacation, I feel the need to get right into what is the top story. And it's a story that I've talked about many times that we've tried to break down. I've, I've written columns on this story. I talked about it on the radio because this story broke. The news broke while I was on WEI on the 4th of July on Monday morning, early afternoon with Rob Bradford. We were inside the Fenway Park studio. And, um, you know, it was still fresh. It was still sort of, wow, hit you over the head. You need some time to sleep on it, to think about it. And I've been able to do that. And that news and that story is that Kevin Durant has chosen to sign with the Golden State Warriors. It is a two-year deal worth $54.3 million with a player option after the first year. Now, let's go back a little bit and talk about what happened over the weekend before... Kevin Durant chose Golden State. Durant met with, what, five, six teams? The Celtics were one of those teams. And the Celtics signed Al Horford, and I thought it was possibly for a reason, right? For a reason. And the Celtics, they, because they brought, you know, they brought their, can I call, well, put it this way. Can I call it their A game? They, I'll say they pulled out all the stops. You know, they contacted David Ortiz, tried to have him reach out to Kevin Durant, talked to a couple other people. They brought Tom Brady into the meeting with Kevin Durant, right? The, Tom Brady was there. I did not think that was going to happen. People, t- I apologize to the people that tried to tell me that, and I laughed in their face. I said, wait a minute. You think Tom Brady is going to take time out of his summer and his offseason to go into a meeting with Danny Ainge to try and lure a player to the Celtics? 
And especially with Tom Brady's a West Coast kid, I didn't know. Maybe deep down inside he'd want Kevin Durant to go to Golden State. Maybe. Right? I, I'm not, I wasn't sure. I just didn't think that Tom Brady would do this. He did. Danny Ainge was wearing Kevin Durant's sneakers. The Celtics pulled out all the stops. However, I don't know that I can say they brought their A game to that meeting because the picture that's floating around with Danny Ainge, Tom Brady, walking into the Kevin Durant meeting on Saturday also includes, right behind Tom Brady, Kelly Olenek in a tie-dye t-shirt. And you know what? Forget about the t-shirt. I Forget about it. Just the fact, forget about what, what Kelly Olenek was wearing. Just the mere fact that they would want Kelly Olenek in this meeting, just the mere fact that they would say, okay, we got Brady, and, you know, I'm going to wear Kevin Durant's sneakers. Um, and they pulled out a couple other stops, too. The fact that they thought it was a good idea to bring Kelly Olenek into that meeting is, is fucking mind-boggling. Like, I don't... What does that possibly do for you? I actually tweeted Kevin Durant. I said, be honest. Was it Olenek? Like, was that the thing that changed your mind with the Celtics? Was that it? Olenek walking into that meeting? I actually got that picture sent to me. And I was at a wedding this weekend in Chicago. And I had to like, you know, because I was sort of out of the loop. I was trying to stay involved and, and go on Twitter every once in a while. But I missed the picture. Someone sent me the picture via text. And I had to respond back. I said, is this like, when was this picture taken? Because I didn't believe that it was actually taken walking into the Durant meeting. And the reason I didn't believe it was because Kelly Olynyk was in the picture. I'm going, there's no way. The Celtics would say, oh, hey, here's a good idea. Not only are we going to bring Tom Brady into this meeting, we're going to also bring Kelly Olynyk walking in right behind him. Like, I, you show me that picture and you ask me what's wrong with this picture, I would say, why is Kelly Olynyk in it? <laughs> like, wh- what was going on in that meeting in which you needed Kelly Olynyk to be in the room? That makes no sense to me. So, um, that was... That, that was not a real strong sell on the part of the Celtics to bring Olenek into the meeting. That's why I can't say it was their A game. But they did pull out all the stops and basically did whatever it took. They did. They signed Horford. They brought Brady into the meeting. And Danny Ainge wore Kevin Durant's sneakers. Who knows what else Isaiah Thomas was doing to try to recruit him. Bottom line is this. Celtics, they put forth, forth their best effort. And... They had a shot. I told you they had a shot. And in fact, as of Monday morning, I read a couple tweets from Mark Stein, ESPN tweeted, people are saying it's between just the Thunder and the Warriors, but the Celtics are being told they're in it still, that they still believe they're in it. And I believe that. Like, I do believe the Celtics were still in it. And the end result did not go Boston's way, did not go our way. Did not go the Celtics way. Okay, it didn't. We know that. Kevin Durant's going to go to Golden State. Uh, first and foremost, Kevin Durant choosing Golden State. The reason, you know, the, the, the part of it that surprises me is the part that, not that he went to a team with superstar players like Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and people are calling it bandwagon because I don't, I don't know that I'm going to sit here and call it bandwagon and cry foul and say he's ruining the NBA because this is sort of what I know to be true from the NBA in 2016. 
Like, these superstar players want to play with other All-Stars. They form these cliques. They join these groups. They want to be part of the big three or potentially now, what is it in Golden State? The big four? Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Kevin Durant. Like, they want to be a part of that. The big three, the big four. That's what happens. That's what these guys do. And so I don't necessarily look at it and say, wow, Durant's doing it the wrong way. I mean, I think that's just the way of the NBA these days. I really do believe so. And so that part of it doesn't surprise me. The part of it that surprises me is the part that Golden State was actually the team that eliminated Kevin Durant and the Oklahoma City Thunder in the Western Conference Finals. And it was a pretty heartbreaking defeat. Like, it wasn't a sweep. It wasn't like Golden State handed handed it to Oklahoma City in five games. This was, you know, this was a 3-1 to series lead for Oklahoma City. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, there's a game seven. Next thing you know, you're going home, and you lose to Golden State, and now you go join the team that beat you? Like, that to me is the one thing that sort of leaves a sour taste in my mouth. And if I'm an Oklahoma City Thunder fan, I hate this. I would absolutely despise this. Yeah, I'd be burning the fucking jersey. I'd be hating Kevin Durant. He could say all he wants. We know what this is about. One, it's about winning. And two, because of the two-year deal with the option after the first, it's about opting out next year and signing an even bigger contract with Golden State. What are they going to do? Not bring him back? Not sign him? What's he going to do? Do one year in Golden State? Let's say they win it all, and then what's he going to do? Run off somewhere else? I don't think that's going to happen. I don't. I think the option here is strictly for contract purposes, it's strictly for money purposes, and, you know, it, it, that was the idea that people sort of hinted at he would do. I mean, I don't know that that's a... I don't think that's a very smart decision doing it that way because there's the risk that you get hurt and it's a serious injury, and then what? I just think the business side of it, I, I don't understand it. Like, I wouldn't be a part of that, but that's what he wants to do, that's what he wants to do. I was just, what surprised me was that he goes to the team that eliminates him. I just, that's sort of a bad look. But what's not really a bad look is joining forces with other star players in general. Like, I don't, I I just don't think that's a problem. In fact, I just sort of accept it in this day and age in the NBA. Um, But here's the deal. I think if you if you turn the page from the bandwagon stuff and you just accept the fact that Kevin Durant is part of the Golden State Warriors... Back here in Boston, you know, the Celtics fan in me is is beginning to now ask questions like, what now? What happens to the Celtics now? You give Al Horford this huge deal, right? You give him the big contract, four years, $113 million. I think you were told that Horford was someone Durant would like to play with, right? I think that factored into it. So if you're the Celtics, you need to make that move. On top of it, though, as much as, you know, on its own on its own merit, I don't think Horford is a max player. Here's the deal. Someone was going to give it to him. And if you're the Celtics, you need to go out and make moves to improve. And you got two max contracts to spend. And the way I look at it is, you got to spend it somewhere. And if you can actually convince a big-name free agent to choose Boston, you're starting to change the narrative. Because the narrative is, you can't get that guy. Whether you agree Horford's a... Uh, a max contract guy or not. I mean, facts of facts, he is an all-star player. Facts of facts, Horford is a difference maker. Okay, and he will be for the Celtics. The narrative has been, the Celtics can't get that guy if it just means signing a check. 
Because that guy, if he has a choice, will choose many other places over the city of Boston, right? That's the narrative. You're beginning to change the narrative. And by signing Horford, I think you sent a message around the league, players want to play here. Players want to be here. They want to play for Brad Stevens. They want to wear the Celtic green. They want to play at the TD Garden because it's a special place to play. They one day want a championship banner to be hanging from the Garden. There's a history here that not many other places have. There's a legacy here that not many other places have. This is a special place. And on top of it, we're a much improved team and we're only getting better. And we're in the Eastern Conference, which is a much easier road than the Western Conference. Is it not? It is. So the Horford signing sort of helps change the narrative. Uh, I don't know if it changes it completely, not yet, but it helps. It's a step in the right direction. It's the beginning of the changing of the narrative. I think it's a move you had to do with or without Durant. You know, with or without Durant. I got I went back and forth in the Horford thing. Like if you told me you weren't going to get Durant, you got to give him this deal. I said, eh, I just don't know about it because I don't think he's a max contract guy in his own merit without Durant. But if you were told that Horford could get you Durant and the things that we heard that Horford was on a short list of players Durant wanted to play with, heard that from people in the know, then guess what? You kind of have to make that move. And if it doesn't get you Durant, I don't know that you should be hanging your head about it. The Celtics have money to spend. They got two max contracts to give. They still have another. And they weren't going to give Evan Turner the deal that he signed with Portland. Like, as much as I love Evan Turner, and as much as I think Evan Turner in the last year and a half has been the best all-around player on the Celtics, um, I, I think I got to give the money to Horford. I'm giving the money to Horford, okay? So, the Celtics adding Horford, even though they don't get Durant, I still think it's a very good move for the Celtics. Now, you don't get Durant, it's time to move on. The people who have teased and something I just talked about with Durant's deal with Golden State, you know, the two-year deal with the opt-out after the first, that's not an opt-out in which you can look at it and say, oh, he's going to come to Boston now. Because he's not coming to Boston. Durant's not coming to play for the Celtics. I've given up on that dream. All right, I gave up on it Monday early afternoon when Durant wrote in the Players' Tribune that he was choosing Golden State. Then you see the terms of the deal, and I still didn't think, wow, he's going to opt out next year, do this all over again, and the Celtics will have a shot because they were finalists this year. Nah, that's not what I'm thinking. That's not going to happen. It's time to give up on the Durant dream. And this is coming from somebody that, you know, I was one of the only people that, that dreamed about Durant in Celtics uniform a year and a half ago. And people call me delusional. But we took this thing right up to the very end, didn't we? And right up to the very end, Celtics had a shot. And it's something I try to tell you for a long time they would. And you call me delusional. I've been one of the biggest optimists with the Durant possibly to Boston rumor. I've been more optimistic maybe than anybody about this. And yet here I am telling you to give up on the Durant to Boston dream. Because next summer, even if there's news that Durant opts out, It's strictly for the purposes of getting Golden State to give him another max contract and to really increase the average annual salary, right? Because they know about the NBA salary skyrocketing. Durant's not coming to the Celtics. It's not going to happen. So it's time to move on. And the Celtics need to move on. They get Horford. uh, They lose someone like Evan Turner, which I think is a big loss. I think Turner was huge for this team. But it's not, I mean, 
the, the franchise keeps going, okay? You you lose someone like Evan Turner, it, it, it's tough. It's a tough loss. You got to replace that production, but it's not the end of the world, okay? I get that. So don't make, like, like, don't make it sound like I'm telling you it's the end of the world for the Celtics because they lost Evan Turner. I just think credit where credit's due. Evan Turner helped, you know, build this and bring this organization the last year and a half back to a state in which they're not laughed at. Back, you know, he turned that TD Garden with this Celtics team into a place that was loud and exciting to be in during a regular season game again. You know, brought him back to the playoffs. Evan Turner had a lot to do with that. If you deny that, then you didn't watch the games. Okay? You didn't watch the games. So, um, it's a tough loss. And you got to replace that production. How do you replace that production? I do not know. Reports today say that the Celtics are still trying to work out a major trade. And the names that are out there, you know them. Okafor, Jimmy Butler. Um, even with Horford, I think you could still get a play like Okafor. But, let's, now that you get Horford, What's the type of player that you do need? It's Jimmy Butler. That's the type of all-star scorer that I think you need to add to this team. And maybe it's not Jimmy Butler. Maybe it's a player we're not talking about. Maybe it is, you know, somebody they're going to look at next year. Whatever it may be. Whatever it may be, it's got to be something. However, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that because the Celtics did not get Kevin Durant, that the sky has fallen and the Celtics will never be able to rebuild or they'll never be able to uh, have a shot to win the East in the next couple of years. They can. And the reason why I say that is because they still have options. They have these two Brooklyn picks next year and the year after that. Now, they're either going to make those picks and it could be, who knows, number one overall for all we know, or you can package them in a blockbuster trade that could get you someone like Jimmy Butler. I don't rule something like that out either. And again, maybe it's the player that we're not talking about. All these things are possible. The Celtics have options here. And they have another max contract to dish out. Whether they do it now, they do it next year, they have the options to do it. And because they have these options, I I think you still need to feel good about this Celtics team, about this Celtics organization, where they currently stand, and where they can go in the next couple years. Because as I told you on WEI on Monday, as Rob Bradford kept asking me just the stupid fucking question of the Isaiah Thomas versus Evan Turner thing, which she turned into just some debate that's just so asinine that I don't even want to have because, you know, Evan Turner to me, was the best player in the Celtics the last year and a half. Like, I don't, think it's a, I don't think it's a difficult concept to grasp what I'm saying. Evan Turner was the best player in the Celtics the last year and a half, okay, because he can play multiple positions, he can bring the ball up the court, can play the two, can play the three, got that nice little jumper from the elbow, um, he can move the ball, he's a, he's a nice passer, he turned it over a little too much for my liking, can't shoot the three, he's got his flaws, no question, but I think if you watch the games... The eye test will tell you alone, Evan Turner, best player in the Celtics the last year and a half. And, you know, I don't make that out to be Isaiah Thomas wasn't an all-star or isn't the most valuable player for the Celtics organization in the next five years. Isaiah Thomas is. He is. And if you had me line, as much as I just praise Evan Turner and I've praised him the last year and a half, as much as... I do that, you line up Turner, Horford, and Isaiah Thomas. 
Those three guys against the wall, and you see, can only take two for the next four or five years. Who are you taking? I take Isaiah Thomas and Al Horford. Like, like we're talking about now the future, the next couple years. Like, I'm not giving him a turn of that contract. And as much as I like him, as much as I respect him, as much as I praise him for the good things, the great things he's done for the Celtics organization the last year and a half, calling him the best player on the team the last year and a half all around, uh, I, I, ask me to pick two of those three, I take Isaiah Thomas and Horford for the next five years. I don't think that's a tough concept to grasp. But with that said, obviously the Celtics, they need additions. All right? They need that elite scorer, uh, whether it's in the backcourt or on the wing. They need that guy. And shooter. There's someone who can shoot the basketball. Now, how do they get him? I, I don't sit here with the exact... Um, what do you, I, I don't sit here... I, I don't have the exact plan. I just don't. But I do know that the Celtics have options. And they have pieces and assets that they could use in a trade, which continues to keep them in a good spot especially next offseason, offseason after that. Celtics are uh, still in a good place. My point is this. We got to move on from Durant, okay? We got to do it. He's signed with Golden State. He's going to be part of the Warriors. Warriors are going to be pretty damn good, as you know. And they're going to be pretty damn good without Durant. But here in Boston, we got to move on because the Celtics got to get out of the East. And they got to build a team that can do just that. And I think... That today, right now, the Celtics with Al Horford are a better team than they were before they had Al Horford. I believe that. I really do. And I also think that they'll improve even more because the Al Horford signing, the ability to take a guy who was a free agent and get him to choose Boston? Wow. That, to me, speaks volumes, and it's the beginning of the changing of the narrative. It is. It's the beginning of the changing of the narrative. Here, in, here with the Celtics. Here in Boston. So, uh, I, I look, I wanted Durant in a Celtics uniform. The fact they didn't get him, they had a shot. And that's another thing. They Not only were they a finalist for Durant, but they also get the big name free agent. Or one of them. And it puts the Celtics on a map that people didn't think they were on last year. Even this year. But here they are, and they're on that map. And it's a good map to be on. So, that's the biggest story. That is the biggest story. Uh, a lot of stuff that I missed. Locally, the Bruins. Wow, Louis Erickson going to Vancouver. Gets that six-year deal. Bruins wouldn't give the sixth. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. David Backus. Same money, only a, a, a year less. Right? Um, same average annual. Isn't it right? Six six million a year. David Backus, though, five year deal. St. Louis Blues captain or former captain now. He's a sentiment. Could put him on the wing. Look, Backus to me, that's Bruins hockey. I mean, so I think what this move does is it shows me maybe there is a plan, and that plan is to get back to big heavy a uh, big heavy game. And um now it's just give me some defensemen, right? Right? That, that's, that's the move now you got to make. But the Bruins are making some moves. I, I, I like the Bacchus deal, to be honest with you. I like Bacchus. I like him. I like what he brings to the table. 
I'm, I'm not somebody that's going to sit here and tell you, you need to go out and be the highest goal scoring team in the league. I'm not going to tell you that. I'm going to tell you, you need to play defense. You need to get big. You need to get tough. You need to be gritty. I think Bacchus is that type of player. Um, but you got to get some defense at the same time. And, and that's really where the attention needs to be focused on right now if you're the Bruins. And maybe you do make a trade. You know, I think you got you to do something there. So we'll keep an eye on that. And, of course, the Red Sox right now, as we get closer to the All-Star break, I guess with the Red Sox, I'm just get me to the break. Get me to the All-Star break, right? That's where I'm at with them. Um, how, how about the All-Star starters for the American League? You got Mookie. Betts, Xander Bogots, Jackie Bradley Jr., David Ortiz. Then you got Steven Wright going to the All-Star game. And also Craig Kimbrell. You could have Dustin Pedroia. I think that speaks volumes as to what the issue is with the Red Sox, though. Like, Steven Wright's in the All-Star game. And you got all this offense. Ortiz, Bogots, Bradley Jr., Betts, right? The Red Sox have been all offense. They've scored the most runs in all of Major League Baseball this year. But they need pitching. And I think these all-star selections show that. Like, Stephen Wright's in the all-star game. Not to take anything away from Stephen Wright. He deserves to be there. But it's certainly not how the Red Sox drew it up. If they did, Stephen Wright would have got, would be making $30 million a year right now. And Stephen Wright would have began the season in the rotation at the beginning of spring training instead of being put there once Eduardo Rodriguez got injured. Right? So, Stephen Wright... Being in the All-Star game is certainly not how the Red Sox drew it up. Stephen Wright being in the Red Sox rotation wasn't how the Red Sox drew it up from the get-go. So I think that speaks volumes as to what the biggest problem is with the Red Sox. It is pitching. You got to fix it before the trade deadline. They got time to do it. Uh, I I have not been one of these people that's been sitting here telling you they got to fire John Farrell. I think these screams and cries are coming from people who need something to talk about. These are screams and cries coming from people who have frustrations and their frustrations are, uh, believe me, I'm with you on them, but the biggest issues that need to be fixed with the Red Sox are things that I don't think you can go out and find a manager that can fix these issues. I think it's, at some point, it's on the players to go out and perform. At some point, it's on this rotation to go out and pitch. And at some point, we need to stop blaming the manager for things that I don't really think he can fix at all. So, with the Red Sox, get me to the all-star break. Does Farrell, does John Farrell and his staff, Kyle Willis, did they even, you know, did they survive the, the all-star break? I don't know. You know, I'm sort of just, I'm not going to blame the manager. If they move him, me, if they get rid of him, all right. You're still not fixing the issue. If they keep him, you're still not fixing the issue. It's, I just don't even think of the manager. To me, like, like I'm not thinking that. And even with Kimbrell last night, you say, well, he's not good in safe situations. Kimbrell recently had, excuse me, non-safe situation. Kimbrell recently was pretty good in a non-safe situation. I think it was two innings of it and was shut down. In the last couple of weeks, I forget what game it was, but he, but he did have one. Still, Kimbrell's great in safe situations. One of the best in the game. Uh, but you got to get back to those. And I think the way you get back to those is, well, I think, and look, I have a tough time blaming Price because he did give you eight innings, struck out 10 again last night. But I'll, I'll, I'll continue to, to pound this message home. I mean, 
Nobody's paying him $30 million to, to let up a home run first pitch of the game. Like, nobody's doing that. Nobody. So, um, that can't happen. And uh, that's the Red Sox get me to the All-Star break. They play tonight against Texas once again. And they have tomorrow off. And then they begin a series with the Rays at Fenway over the weekend. You look at the tickets. You go to the Seat Geek app. It is as simple as that. Log in. Promo code Picard, my last name, and you get $20 off, right? You get $20 off. Anything else I'm missing today? Just trying to get caught up. Getting caught up when you take that much time off, it gets a little overwhelming. It can, because I know that I miss, like, I know I'm doing this show, like, we spent so much time, like, just going over the top storylines, and you know you miss something, like, you know you do. You know you do. But that's why you get a couple days, and um, if I if anything I did miss, any major storylines, I'll get to it tomorrow. I'll get to it on Friday, but just sort of trying to get caught up, and it's, look, the top story is the Durant thing, the Durant to Golden State. Um, I just, I, I got to look at this locally. Locally, I wanted to see Durant. It didn't happen, but it's not the end of the world, right? Like, I had people call into WEI trying to tell me that when this move was first made, that they didn't want Durant in the first place. And come on. I mean, people trying to knock Durant, please. Why would you knock Durant? What, you wouldn't? You didn't want Durant in the Celtics all of a sudden because he didn't choose the Celtics? Please. And at the same time, you know, then I heard some other calls that said, oh, the Celtics, they didn't get Durant. They need to completely blow it up, this, that, the other thing. That's ridiculous too. Like, the world is not ending. Because you don't get Durant. That's my point. As much as I wanted Durant, the world does not end because of this. Because he did not choose Boston. I think some good things happened this weekend in free agency. One, you showed that you were a finalist for Durant. Which I think is a, a sign to the rest of the league that, you know, hey. If a player like Durant is interested in the Celtics, they should be too. And on top of it, you ended up sealing the deal and signing a big name free agent. Whether you believe he's a max contract guy or not, he's an all-star, it's a fact, and he's a big-name free agent that was going to get the max contract somewhere. He chose to take the one in Boston. You're beginning to change the narrative. That's the story for me locally, nationally. They're going to throw out the bandwagon. You got Bockley. You know, he's saying Durant is cheating for a title. You know, you heard this stuff with LeBron when he went to Miami. Um, You got players saying it's a bandwagon move. I, I, the fact that he joins forces with other superstar players doesn't bother me. I think if I'm a Thunder fan, or if you want me to break this down, maybe take my Celtics jersey off, you know, put my walk a wiggle away for a minute. I I will tell you that um, the the joining forces with other star players doesn't bother me. That's what happens in the NBA in 2016. It's the fact that the team that he joined with those star players is the team that just eliminated him from the playoffs in sort of heartbreaking fashion. And, I mean, this is still fresh, I would think. Like, if I'm a Thunder fan, that series is still fresh. You don't just get over that. And now you got to read on the Players' Tribune that Durant is turning down Oklahoma City? And it's for a similar deal that we all thought he would take in Oklahoma City. Uh, not not me, but but a lot of people did. The two-year deal. With the opt-out after the first, knowing that Westbrook is leaving. And this thing about the Celtics getting Westbrook, 
I don't know. Uh, Westbrook, from everything we've we've heard, he's going to the Lakers. I would probably not really go after that. Um, you're going to have to give up a lot. And then what? He goes to L.A. and breaks your heart and goes to L.A.? I just, I don't think I trust him. No one, isn't he an L.A. kid? I just, no, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I wouldn't be pulling the trigger on that deal. You'd have to give up too much for something that's not guaranteed long term. You go out and get something like that and have to give up pieces in a trade, he better be around here for a, for a decent amount of time. You can't guarantee me that with Westbrook. So I'm probably going to stay away from that. But if you're a Thunder fan, that's all you got right now is Westbrook. And um, I guess if you're the Thunder organization, I think you do have to try and move Westbrook. If you can get a taker, right, and get a lot back in return, hey, I don't know, maybe if you're Danny Ainge, you try to get into some type of three-way deal and get something out of it, right? Maybe. So, I, I sit here today, return from vacation, trying to get all my thoughts in order, wishing I was still on vacation, <laughs> and um, I, I'm upset that Durant didn't choose the Celtics, but I'm not upset to the point where I'm telling you it's the end of the world for the Celtics organization, or that I'm upset with a, where, the, where the team is going down the road, because I think there's a lot of good things happening still, and I think the Horford signing is one of them. I think the fact that the Celtics were just a finalist for Durant is another, and I think the fact that Danny Ainge has all these assets on top of it, trade, signing, the Celtics can still get nuts, and they still have options, and that is a great thing for a team that has improved the way they've improved, that is the coach that they have, and that's in the Eastern Conference. All right? So. It's not a terrible day. It's not a terrible day. And uh, I will be back here tomorrow because I'm here five days a week. DannyPicard.com. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, anywhere podcasts are available. Let Stephen Wright on the mound tonight for the Sox against Texas. I'll watch this one. I will break it down for you tomorrow. And any other stories that we get, I will react to it. In the meantime, hit me up on Twitter. I will read it on the show at Danny Picard. Also on Facebook, Facebook. <clears throat> Excuse me. Choking over here because it's just the room is so hot. Uh, <laughs> Facebook.com slash the Danny Picard show. Instagram also. All forms of social media. Thanks for joining me today. It's good to be back. It would be a lot better if the studio would just cool down a little bit, though. Um, we're, we're working on that. I promise. I am out. Talk to you tomorrow.